Hey everyone! Welcome back to another episode of The Comics Collective, the weekly podcast where we read and discuss a collection of comic books or a graphic novel. I'm one of your hosts, Alexis. And I'm Dallas. And you know what? Honestly, I think um, Glizzy's Boot Beer from Hell is the greatest comic of all time. Yeah, that's that's about it, right? That's mm, that's, that what, I, that's sum up was, the, didn't even stutter. Yeah, the <clears throat> Dallas experience. That's that's truly what it's like. Um, I, I cut out all the kindness though. Dallas is awesome. <laughs> Welcome to the Comics Collective. I'm Anne. I'm your other co-host. We are back on a, another exclusive Girls, Girls, Girls episode <gasps> of the Collective. Dun, dun, dun. Yep. Dallas. Arguably the best episodes out there. Arguably. Just I mean, kidding. I don't, I don't think it's up for debate. But you know, it's <laughs> fine. It's okay. Dallas is out taking a well-deserved break. Man is working super, super he hard. He's a busy, busy man trying to just put the best books out in the world for all y'all simpletons. <laughs> just trying his best. Trying to put the good, good literature out there. But I was ready for you to say put the good lord out there. I'm like, yeah, so you know true. that too. He's making a comic book about church. <laughs> I told Who him that the other day, and he was like, "That's not funny." <laughs> How about that church? Hey, he's doing great. Hey, uh, he is. What a gem, Lexi. How are you doing this? Mo- I almost said this morning. It's eight at night. <laughs> what am I? This doing? morning is going so well. <laughs> right? Thank you for asking. Finally awake, at least maybe. <laughs> it's how long it took for my brain to wake up. I finally have drinking, drinking. Wow, wow, words, <laughs> <laughs> words, words, words. Don't know what those are. We're both fucking asleep. I swear to God, girl, I'm cracked out on two Red Bulls. I am the opposite of asleep. I am so far <laughs> out here. I had a Red Damn, Bull. Did I get to start that at like four? Which terrible mistake, by the way. Um, have you have? Have you heard the term uh, um, of calling someone a yapper? I have not. Okay. At least maybe not in the context you mean. I'm, I'm interested. Yeah. So recently people have been referring to either themselves or someone they know as the yapper of the friend group or the yapper of the relationship. Someone who just mm-hmm. constantly likes to talk. And it's come to my attention um, a little bit against my will that I am the yapper of my relationship because the other mm-hmm. night at, I kid you not, 11.45 at night, I was asking Carson the difference between cocaine and heroin, which I've never wondered before in my entire life until that moment when we were laying in bed and he was half asleep. Because to be completely honest with you, I have so much information and things in my brain right now that I think it's mm-hmm. starting to short circuit and I physically am incapable of sleeping unless I take too many Benadryls. So I'm slowly drugging myself on the Benadryl pills. Don't tell anybody. And also drinking Red Bulls at 4 p.m. So without further ado, <laughs> who wants to talk about one of the greatest books of all time? That is only, that's barely even starting. We just have a little that's teensy bit and it's so good. We've ever had. Uh, I'm I'm completely enthralled. <laughs> I'm feeling jazzed. Okay. I'm feeling jazzed good. to talk about my two favorite made up people in the whole world. Just kidding. <laughs> um, no, but this week we have the lovely honor of covering Plunderworld by Linda Sage who 
I had the most wonderful time to meet at Comic-Con. And a little side note, I actually got the first print printing volume, if you will, of this from my sweet, sweet Anne for my birthday two years ago. And I have it on my little shelf by my bed and I love it and I look at it all the time because I, for those of you who don't know, love Greek mythology. I will die on that hill. I've loved it for literally a decade, I'm pretty sure, since I was literally 12. And I love the story of Hades and Persephone. I love their story. I love the adaptations that we've gotten in the last couple of years. We recently covered um, Lore Olympus, which was a webtoon, a very large, amazing webtoon. And now we're kind of getting to take the next step on the Hades and Persephone journey with Linda's Punderworld, which also amazingly is on Webtoon. And when I tell you, folks, I love Webtoon and you should download it because it's free. Thank you. That is Lexi's um, TED Talk. Thank you for coming. Thank you for not paying me to be here. But (laughs) no, it's wonderful. It's such a gem. Linda has such a creative brain. And I love the way that her take on the story of Hades and Persephone is so different to this other large one that we've already talked about in Laura Olympus. I love how even though they're the same story at their core, they're both so different in their adaptation. And I love the art style. I love her character development. And I'm so excited to see what Anne thinks also because, I mean, I'm sure everybody's sick and tired of me running around with my little Greek myths like, hey, you should read this book about gay Achilles. Thank you. And then I'm like leaving everybody's (laughs) DMs. Also, yeah, read uh, Song of Achilles, please, by Madeline Miller. It's a very good book. Um, I... This is my year to be yapping about my mm-hmm. Greek myths and my sweet sweet babies. Also, love how Cerberus was a Dalmatian with three heads. <laughs> that was a very good creative <laughs> choice, Linda. I love that. That was the best thing ever. I I think that <clears throat> version of Cerberus was one of the very first like images I ever saw from the series. I think it was like Persephone holding him and his heads were down and his ears were down. She says, but look at him. And I'm like, adorable. Okay. Yeah. This is perfect. Um, yeah, this is, this was a, this was a fun one. I was really interested to see how I would respond to this book, jumping into it so quickly after Laura Olympus, like Laura Olympus is still very fresh in my mind. Yeah, no, we were Excuse we were me. literally just there. You're yeah. good. <laughs> I, I I have um Hecate as my um oh, Discord queen. profile picture still because she's I adore her. Shit. And Freaking it's just her. I was like, okay, I, I I need this new take to do something special. Because, you know, I like Linda as a creator. I like um this story. And I was just so concerned going into it. It's like, well, I feel like coming out of it so soon after Laura Olympus, I feel like I loved Laura Olympus so much that anything else is going to be undershadowed. And I came out of this feeling like I had partially gotten there. Like we only read season one, which for anyone listening, we talked, it was like up to like what episode 28 or something like that. Ah, I think so. I can double check. Well, if you want to talk about it for just a sec, I can double check. But um, yeah, we only read the first season of this and it's a great setup 
the only my my main issue with it was like I came out of it like okay I got the setup I want to see more I want to see these characters interact because getting them to each other I felt like that was a that took a little bit but the moment they were together I'm like okay I see the I see the vision I see the chemistry and I think that's what Linda does very well whether it's in this comic or her other comic Bloodstain I think she does really well with characters that have great back and forth and. I loved getting this Hades and Persephone together because they have a different vibe than the Hades Persephone of Lord Olympus, which is exactly what you want. If the story is the same, the characters have to be enough to stand out. And I love that these characters manage to stand out enough on their own. The way I was kind of thinking about it when I was <laughs> just trying to figure out what's the difference between these earlier, I felt like, well, if you read both of them side by side it feels like lore olympus is like the disney animated studios version of the story and then this one is like the dreamworks version oh was like my it's the gosh, it's the so right it's the same story just with a different art style with a different yeah. direction different tone and yeah it's just i felt like the disney one's like or not the disney one the lore olympus one is like we're gonna take a more modern spin on it and make it more like you know something classic but in a modern context whereas this one is like we're just gonna take the whole story just do it right there as it was always intended, but with like modern sensibilities and the characters and the writing and the jokes. And I think they both work pretty well on their own. Laura Olympus has a really great iconic art style and Linda is a, a master colorist. Oh, I was reading Lord. You're so right. Yeah. I was reading the back and how she was talking about, you know, doing her own full-time comics after being mostly a colorist. And I think you can really, really tell reading this book that she started as a colorist because oh my god oh my god <laughs> yeah no the art and the design of these because also mm -hmm. something that i wanted to do with this read through i originally was introduced to the story through paper with and giving it to me for my birthday so this time i wanted to go in and do fully on the webtoon which i'm so glad that i did because i feel like Honestly, I can tell that Linda, although I loved the webtoon, like I can tell that she is a comic colorist. Like even some of the um the images and things on the webtoon were sideways mm -hmm. because she has bigger panels for these scenes. And I feel like while I was reading through the paper copies, I it just it flowed so beautifully. It was such a beautiful comic. It had such a great, I feel like it had really great pacing with the story. Um, but of course, I will say it now and I'll say it again. And I've said it a million times. I am a huge Webtoon fan. Um, I just love how quick it makes the consumption level for me specifically that I can just scroll through it on my phone while I'm doing something, while I'm supposed to be paying attention in my meetings at work, but I'm not. And make it seem inconspicuous. But <laughs> Lexi definitely does a lot of things I, I shouldn't. Anyway, no, it's great. Um, I, I just, I'm just so obsessed with this. I and put it perfectly. Laura Olympus is a very fun modern spin on the classic story that we all know and all love, and it has a very distinct and different art style. That is so iconic for their story, for what their plan is doing, what their, the vibe of their story, if you will. But when I was reading Ponderworld, I feel like it was the exact feel and emotion of that 
magical, mythical world that we know and love from the Hades and Persephone origins. Like, I feel like when I was reading this, I was pushed back into that time period of like the magic, the mythology, like all of these things of the concept of the gods. And I feel like Linda captured that so perfectly through her art style and then also her writing story and her writing style and story um, timelines and how everything flowed together. Like I feel like I loved her take on these characters because I do imagine Hades is not like in my mind, Hades is not this funny fire haired character that we saw on the classic Hercules movie. Like I feel like he's much more like Linda's take on him, like quiet, subdued, more, shy and awkward on the surface level because of course he counts dead people for a living obviously he doesn't get out much and I just love the concept of him finding this personification of a sunflower and being like oh my lord you are everything I want in a person and just being so starstruck by her in that first interaction in her mother's kitchen which I think is hilarious and the concept of them, I realized um, I did have a teensy bit more of the, just the season one because um, as of right now on Webtoon, we have a few more episodes or um, chapters of season two that I did catch up to, which was very fun. Um, but just the build up of them finally being able to meet and be together on that fateful wild ride, if you will, was just so fun. And the payoff was so big. And I feel like the way that Linda paced it made it so much more rewarding when they did finally make it to that point of being together and having those first awkward interactions with each other. Um, and it just, it just was so perfect. I, I loved it. I have definitely been in deep with the myth trenches right now. And I'm so happy that I just get to drag everybody down with me. <laughs> I'm listen. I'm very happy to get dragged down this rabbit hole with you because I love seeing your passions, and it makes me feel passionate about it too. Greek myth has always been one of those things for me where it's like it's hung on the the fringes of my my understanding, but I never dove deep into it. Where it's like I was never the type of person who could tell you all the the problems with Disney's Hercules because that was. That was it. That was my experience with Greek legend. It was Disney's Hercules and that was about it. And I'm like, hey, I like the movie, so I don't need to dig any deeper. <laughs> I don't need to figure out how many of these people are actually scumbags. It's fine. I get it. it took me forever to figure out that Zeus is actually the worst TM. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's it's a really great me cute and it consistently does a fantastic job of that. I I love romance comics where the attraction of both individuals is felt like immediately. It's it's not like a a Harry when Harry met Sally situation, which is a great movie, but where it's like one neither one of them has that until they do. I love where they're both like I love this person, but I'm too shy to say shit. So um I'm just going to keep imagining that they don't know I exist. And wondering when the universe will stop being so cruel to me. I, I probably shouldn't even ask her. I shouldn't talk to him. I shouldn't do anything. 
I don't know. I, I feel like as a lesbian, that's that speaks to me very strongly because I feel like that's how all oh, of us good are. Lord. Just like <laughs> I wish there was there's this really pretty girl. I wish she would talk to me. She probably doesn't even think about me though. And then the other girl's like, oh my god, I can't stop thinking about her. But she probably doesn't feel the same. Fuck. Yeah, that 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 Ew. resonates on a <laughs> emotional level. You're such a stinker. <laughs> <laughs> wrapped it back around the lesbians i did it again ha. hey that's all right i i mentioned the gay greeks so it's only fair <laughs> we managed it gotta do it once an episode oh my gosh okay i'm so sorry i have to take a teeny tiny tangent about the gay greeks okay yes um, so carson since i've been yapping too much before bed while he's trying to sleep he asked me last night to tell him a story a bedtime story and i was okay. like hmm, mm-hmm. how can i trick this man into me telling him the song of achilles and so i laid out the myth of achilles for him mm-hmm. in like a mysterious way so that i could like hit him with the zinger of patroclus being achilles boyfriend and mm-hmm. he had the most amazing response last night he was like because oh, i he couldn't remember Patroclus's name, which is very fair. That's a that's a title. So I call I started calling him Pete, which was hilarious. And he goes, Pete was Achilles' boyfriend. And I was like, Yes, that was his boyfriend. And he was like, oh, and they went to war together. I was like, Yep, the boyfriend went to war together. And it was fun I've had in like months. I was like, this is so great. This is how I'm gonna start telling all of my retellings of the books I'm reading, just with the ultimate zinger that will just get him mm-hmm. every time. It was so funny. Sorry, and major sideline. <laughs> and they were war mates. They were war mates. They were tent mates, literally. <laughs> and tomb, tomb mates, dead oh. together. They're just mm. the besties, just besties just sharing a tomb together. Such good friends. <laughs> such, such good. I friends. wish I had a bestie. There. Okay, listen. <laughs> um, uh. can we talk about? Listen, uh, Zeus is a piece of shit, and I'm mad mm. at this book because this book made him adorable. I am obsessed. he reminded me of Sinbad so bad and I was like I don't want to like there you. We go. Get out of here. <laughs> Linda, why do you make him look like Sinbad? <laughs> I'm going to keep a tally of every time Lexi mentions Sinbad. Hey. Sinbad and Eris in that same movie mm-hmm. made me realize I was bisexual. So I can like both. <laughs> I can like both of them. Look, looking at both hands like, "Oh." What? Whoa. <laughs> Yeah, no, that movie did a lot of things for little Lexi. Because I was little. (laughs) Oh my god. We should have a movie night and watch Sinbad. I haven't seen that movie in like 15 years. Everyone in that movie was hot. Everyone. Everything. Even the giant eyeball. Even the giant eyeball. That's the only thing I remember about the movie is there was a giant eyeball at one point and they were standing in it. It was so gross. They landed on an island and it was a giant fish. Ugh, that's rough. That's so rough. It's real. The, the designs in this, which oh, was wow. where I was going with the, the, the Zeus thing. I think the designs are so great. And I think they really play into um, Linda's strengths. And that's she has a great sense of design when it comes to fashion, especially. I also love the small, unique things she gives each of the characters. Like, I love that they all have crowns. All the important ones have crowns. And I love the way they are used to express the personality where Hades are just very subtle, very, you know, just there. Whereas um, Demeter will literally speak her emotions through her crown. When she started getting oh angry and gosh. peppers her started popping little up. spicy peppers when she was screaming at Persephone. I was like, if my mom could sprout spicy peppers out of her head, she definitely would. <laughs> little spicy pepper head. 
My mom would have ghost peppers at all times. <laughs> my mom, I'm pretty sure if my mom would have had that power when I was in high school, her head would have combusted. She would have been so mad at me. She was so <laughs> mad at me all the time. But it's really, it's fine because we're really good friends now. We're co-workers mm-hmm. now, actually, which is hilarious. Nice. I love that. We love that. But it, it, it's one of, I'm, I'm thinking about it still. And I was looking back and there's the moment where they're in the, the chariot together. And Persephone's crown is just twigs. It's just dead twigs. And she's like, we're, we're toast. This is it. That's over. And then when she's feeling in love, it's just nice and flowery. It's beautiful. When she's angry, it's rose thorns. I One of the things that Linda does that I, I don't want to like compare her to to step on just because they're married but i think they both have a very similar art style and they're they both are so emotive with their characters and they use that to say so much that they don't need to use the words to say i think that's the the cool thing about having an artist and a writer being the same exact person is sometimes if you're a writer and you're telling an artist you might feel that need to like over explain and have text boxes that say everything out loud that you don't trust your artist enough to get across where it's like, if you're the artist, you're like, I have full control over this narrative. I know exactly what emotions I want to get across. And I have every tool at my disposal to get it across. I know it's going to get across. And so I appreciate that this comic just manages all the right emotions at the right time. I think it makes the characters the, the heart of the story, which they need to be. And I think that was that was excellent. Oh, I just am obsessed I don't know if you by any chance saw like the little extras that Linda would throw in in between episodes for funsies on Mm -hmm. Webtoon. Did you see the one where Hermes discovers Chiron for the first time? I did not. I don't think I... Oh my gosh. It's the funniest shit I've ever seen. Because I, of course, am obsessed with the actual story, but I felt like I was watching commercials for like Olympus drama, which was hilarious Mm -hmm. because... In Linda's writing, Hermes is like this ADHD just on 17 Red Bulls, like Lexia at 11 o'clock at night, running through the entire world, just doing all of these crazy tasks for everybody. And he just stumbles across baby Chiron, the centaur, and is mm-hmm. like, <laughs> you're coming home with me. And picks him up and like takes him to Demeter and Persephone and is like... Why is it crying? And also, what is this? But I also want to keep it, so don't take it away from me. And just to have, like, Demeter, mom splain, taking care of a baby centaur to Hermes mm-hmm. is the funniest thing I've ever seen. And also, like, it's very, like, quick art. So it's not, like, it's, like, very plain pencil work, but also still hilarious at the same time. And, like, the baby Chiron is just, like, screaming its head off while Hermes is holding it and then Hermes gives the baby to Demeter and is instantly calmed down and just is like happy to be there and it's just (laughs) so funny because it's like this little tiny awkward baby with like all these four little horsey legs and I realized I've never thought of the concept of a baby centaur before and that kind of left me with a lot of thoughts but (laughs) it just was funny because Demeter was like stupid idiot was holding it wrong and the baby it just is like Loving on Demeter and Persephone. It's just so funny. I just love how her art style is so expressive. Exactly what you said. Like, Mm -hmm. it just speaks a thousand words just by itself. And 
it's just it's just so fun and i'm so excited that it's coming out more um mm-hmm. like on schedule now like it's it's yeah. back on schedule it's coming out actively um for season 2 and it just it's just so fun i just want everybody to read it and be my little greek mythology friends <laughs> Say, yeah, that's a great point for everyone listening. We've we caught up at just the right time, actually, because season two just started a few months ago. So Linda took a a solid break between the end of season one and now. But if this is something you're interested in, if you want more comics just like Lore Olympus, or if you want a different perspective on the same myth, it's the perfect time to hop in because everything's live again. They're cooking. Um, it's gonna be great. So Lexi, turning it back over to you for a second, I want to talk about the difference between Persephone in this and Laura Olympus, specifically her relationship with her mother. Because Ooh. we get in this, I think, one of the more interesting perspectives, because we spend a lot of Laura Olympus with Persephone kind of being like, okay, my mom is an issue that we'll have to deal with at some point. And we finally got yeah, to that Yeah, she's part. like a faraway character. Yeah, she's a very faraway absent character. Whereas in this one, she is a she is a presence immediately throughout front the entire yeah front and center throughout all of season one because most of season one is them having the conversation about how she wants to be on her own which is the talk that Persephone doesn't have in Lord Olympus for like two or three seasons a long so time. yeah what do you think about them setting up um I say them like there's more than one person working on this what do you think about <laughs> Linda setting up that conflict so immediately see I feel like the way that Linda wrote that and like the first season specifically, I feel like it seems much more, of course, realistic to like kind of how we said like this, I feel like is how I would imagine things actually happening, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like obviously, I mean, because <laughs> also as someone who was a young 19 slash 20 year old individual who wanted to be out, do my own thing, be an individual, be an adult, make my own choices and having that pushback with my own mother of like, Mm -hmm. I'm old enough to make my own decisions. Like I'm responsible. I'm doing these things. I want you to trust me and to have the concept of your parent or her mother or my mother, for instance, to be like, I'm not ready for you to make this choice yet. And really that being the reality of it. I feel like it was very um, – it was written so well on Linda's part because I feel like their confrontation is something that since the dawn of time, children have been having with their parents about like, mm-hmm. I'm big enough to make my own decisions. And their parents are like, bitch, no, you're not. Like, go to your room. You know, <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. And I'm not kidding about the freaking spicy peppers coming out my mom's head during us literally having this conversation because it's so easy when you're a very young adult trying to try to get your life together, do your own thing, but also like coming to terms with the fact that like, Oh, you don't know everything. And like, I also feel like we really get to see a very interesting part with the last chapter slash episode where Demeter kind of like lays everything out on the table for mm-hmm. Persephone And she's like, apologizes, but she's like, I don't, I'm not changing the way that I feel because this is why I feel that way. And I feel like that it was such a beautiful lens to put there on the end to make us readers feel so much more for Demeter because Mm -hmm. Demeter really is in a, oftentimes in this myth, 
painted as the bad guy. Like, you're the reason that they're separated. You're the reason that Persephone is not happy in X, Y, mm-hmm. and Z. But to have the lens also of like, no, Demeter is a scared parent who has mm-hmm. received this terrifying prophecy about her child being like the bringer of death, basically, and not knowing how to cope with that. Like Persephone, yes, she is a wonderful, beautiful, gorgeous goddess of life, if you will, but also has this flip side of terrible potential that Demeter Mm -hmm. is tiptoeing around. And I feel like it's such a beautiful contrast to see Demeter finally be painted in a light of the parent that's like, I don't know what to do. Because that is something that's so real. And I've had countless conversations with my mom. um, And I'll never forget, she told me something that her therapist advised her, my my personal, my mom's, um, and her therapist had told her that if there's ever a moment, and her therapist was meaning it as like an internal reflection or a Mm -hmm. reminder for herself, but she was like, you're living that experience for the first time too you're a parent for the first time too. Obviously, you both have, you and your child have never experienced this before and you're figuring it out together. And I just remember that being so, like it just struck me so hard when she told me that because I was like, it's so true. You never know how you're going to react to a situation Mm -hmm. until you're there. And I feel like that's very much the lens that Demeter is being pushed through with Linda's storytelling is she's like, she is a scared mother who thinks she's doing the right thing. And Persephone is just the young heartsick daughter who wants to be out there in the world mm-hmm. that Demeter knows is a terrible, hard place. And I really think that that's a refreshing point of view on the story. Mm-hmm. Say, so I, that's a, I loved everything you said. That was a, a great take. I, I was going to ask next because I see a lot of the same complexities with the Demeter and Lore Olympus. Do you think like getting to see a Demeter that actually has those those nuances and complexities, do you think that's a a symptom of us having a, a feminine person telling the story for the probably like the first time instead of having a, a man telling the story? No, I definitely think that that is probably a really really strongly true like i feel like as a woman we understand those emotions and those fears Mm -hmm. because i feel like if you were to put yourself in a mother's point of view you also would have those fears you would want to protect your child from x y and z that you have experienced yourself and i feel like the fun um i guess i shouldn't say fun but the demeter that is in Laura Olympus that you haven't quite met because I have, I've read farther into the story than you have mm-hmm. um, because we didn't cover it in the last time, but she is very, very heavily in season two. Um, and she in Laura Olympus is very much a one track mind of like, I am right and you are wrong. You're a silly child that needs to come home type of situation, which I feel like is very different than what Linda's trying to portray with her Demeter. I feel like her Demeter, to me, seems much more true to the character of Demeter as a concept that we've received from all of these years past, you know, with classic mythology. Um, 
And that probably also just is partially because of the types of storytelling. Like I feel like Laura Olympus's Demeter is very different because Laura Olympus is very different. It's through that modern lens. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like Demeter is very much like she's portrayed as like a modern businesswoman, which I think is hilarious because she sells cream of wheat, which I think is the funniest thing on the planet. Um, She's a cereal salesman because she grows plants. But um, anyway, it just is like, it's just a very different lens. And I I love them both for their own reasons, but I Mm -hmm. feel like the Laura Olympus Demeter is much, is painted in a much harsher light as a mother. Like she is the villain. Mm -hmm. Like you will want to throw your phone across the room when you read some of the stuff that she does in later seasons. Mm -hmm. But I feel like, Linda's Demeter is a I I understand her significantly right. more. Like I can see where she's coming from. So okay. far, but we're not yeah. very far into the story yet. So she could just be a spicy chili pepper villain, and we'll never know. <laughs> we will find out. I'm actually I think I'm further along in Lord Olympus than I let you know. I got past the wedding. <gasps> Gasp. Okay, you are way farther than I thought you were. <gasps> So yeah. you were there for all the court stuff with yeah. villain Demeter. I wanted listen. to punch her in the throat. I was like, listen here, mom. <laughs> I, I wanted to punch her too. But I do think there's still that element there of she wants what's best for her daughter. I just think she's That's doing true. it in a very toxic, she's controlling way. She's bad at it. Yeah. She's, she's very just- bad at trying to mother like you're really really bad at this and i i think that's one of the things i loved about Punderworld is like this is a demeter who actually took a moment to be like i'm not going to apologize for my feelings but i'm going to apologize for how i went about yes, that like i'm i'm sorry for how i presented it but i yeah. don't take back what i said yeah but it's like it's not perfect but hey at least a little bit of self-reflection yeah. and introspection we love that in a mother's she character tried. yeah <laughs> <laughs> You get a little star for effort. You you there did you your best. A You're doing effort. a little pat on the head too. Oh, that's so true. Um, yeah, I think the thing I'm most excited for in this book going forward is to gain the meet more of the Greek gods. I loved loved the little bit we had with Artemis because this Ooh, is like the queen. the Artemis that's in Lore Olympus. I'm like, okay, yeah, I guess you you feel like Artemis, but that's never how like Artemis felt to me. The Artemis mm-hmm. in this one though, mm. she that's like okay, this feels like this feels like Artemis yes. to me. Just that like little crown halo. Yes. Hat, like her half moon halo. Mm-hmm. Freaking love that shit. Oh, Freaking that was awesome. so iconic. The way that she definitely has Zeus's same smirk at yes. all times. You could the way she's talking about her, her plans where she's like, listen, I'm going to set up yes. this island full of really cute women who all have to worship only me. Mm-hmm. It's going to be so, it's going to be so great. You should come. You're cute too. <laughs> I'm like, okay, damn. Too. I see you. I see you. You're like, can I come live on that island? <laughs> Listen, honestly, I would devote myself to Artemis. I'm not kidding. Yeah. I would do it in a heartbeat. Probably easier than Tinder, to be honest. Probably. Hell spells freaking Tinder. Don't worry, Dan. There's hope. I found a person on Tinder. <laughs> Good to know. I was, I was on Bumble yesterday. <gasps> I love Bumble, Bumble is awful because you oh! have to like scroll to like see the the profile oh, and i was scrolling yes. and i found this this woman who was a music teacher one of her pictures of her playing electric guitar she liked the same bands i did i'm like oh my god this is awesome but after i was scrolling to see further down the profile i accidentally swiped left oh no and i wanted I to hated jump that off a too. bridge i wanted to like lock while you're looking mm-hmm. at their information so you can't yeah. swipe but you can only swipe on like the first page yep it's That'd be um, a genius take everyone it Bumble, would be write but- that down 
they do that intentionally because their unwind feature, they're like, oh, you can get unwind, just money. pay us, you know, $10 a week. I'm like, what the <sighs> fuck kind of extortion? I, I, I considered it. I almost did it. I thought about it for a solid oh, second. No. Oh, no. You're God. like, that was my wife. There she goes. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Wasn't meant to be, I guess. <sighs> Damn. You play guitar, I Maybe play bass. Maybe you'll find her on the Tinder. Fucking writes itself. I listen. The moment that happened, I closed that app. I opened up her. I opened up Tinder. I'm like, oh, got to be like, somewhere. Come got to be somewhere. What's her name? Do you remember her name? I don't remember her name. Damn. That's the worst part. Cause it's like listen, I can't even find her on cool anything else. Now. Music teacher that plays the electric guitar. You're out there, and my friend Anne <laughs> wants to take you on a date. Thank in you. In Ohio, yeah, you're in somewhere. Ohio. There's not a single chance in hell you listen to this podcast. <laughs> but hey, listen. Hey, you never um, know. Oh my. There is, um, <laughs> it's like you, you jump over to Tinder. It's like, I'm going to find you. And you're just swiping left through all the bots saying, listen, I'm looking just for a girl for me. I'm with a partner, but just looking for someone for me, please. Oh, maybe gosh. him too. Maybe, maybe both of us. There's so many people looking for unicorns on Tinder. It's insane. Wow. It's fun. It's That's so true. I, fun. It has been a while since I was on there. And it was terrible when I was on there. I will. Yeah. I kid you not, everyone. If you're under the age of 18, please cover your ears. Um, I kid you not, the very first message I got two days after being dumped by my longtime high school boyfriend on Tinder. I downloaded that app to make me feel good about myself. I had a 28-year-old man, 10 years older than I was, ask me to sit on his face. That was the first message I got. <laughs> and I was like, oh well, that'll God. do it. And then I deleted it for three months. <laughs> I was talk like, about oh, that'll do it. Okay. Cutting Enough. to the fucking chase. Yeah, I was like, wow, okay. Ten years old? Oh my god. Yeah, 28 years old. I was 18. I was like, you know what? Kill me. Thank you. Bye. This I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, dating. I don't, I don't, I don't. <laughs> Ugh, dating. At least Hades and Persephone don't have to do it. Just- That's true. They don't have to date on the internet. <laughs> Persephone just gives him a teacup and he carries it for the next thousand years. Find me a man like that. <laughs> what would what would the Olympus version of Tinder be? What would cornucopia? Be real. <laughs> the cornucopia. Cornucopia. I that. Did you ever see that stupid? I tweeted about it today. There's a stupid Adult Swim trail commercial that comes out around Thanksgiving where there's a cornucopia is. song <laughs> and. I don't. The, the moment I saw the cornucopia pop out, it instantly jumped into my head. I'm like, "This is the the dumbest thing I laughed at when I was in high school, and still the dumbest thing I'm laughing at today." And I hate it so much. <laughs> you need to play that as soon as we're done. That is oh gosh, the, that is it. the okay. I will save that. The it is the most important thing you will ever listen to in your entire <laughs> life, and surprisingly catchy. Surprisingly catchy. Freaking Adult Swim. Okay, so there's there's one other thing I wanted to ask. Yeah. Because this is a, another difference between Laura Olympus and this. And this is the funny one because, you know, Laura Olympus is really big and popular. So, of course, it's got its haters. And literally, the week we did our Laura Olympus episode, I saw people talking about it on Twitter. And someone's like, well, Laura Olympus is just garbage because it's Rachel Smith doing her 18-year-old with an old man fantasy or something like that. Because, you know, there's that age difference between Core and um, yeah. Hades in that book. Because, you know, Core just turned 18 when that book started. Mm-hmm. And so this book, we, we know that Persephone is already hundreds of years old. Do you think that that matters in the context of these stories? 
see, I had that same, um, that's interesting because I recently also finished the book Circe by Madeline Miller and mm-hmm. I was reviewing it on Goodreads and somebody brought that up in the Goodreads, rec- like in their review. They like rated it one star and was like, can't believe that Circe would pray, f- first of all, hilarious, their wording, can't believe that Circe would prey on Odysseus with him being thousands and thousands of years younger than him than her and I was like, Bitch, she lives alone on that island. Let her get some tail. Hell, but first of all, see, I don't, I don't know, because I can, I can understand the critique on Laura Olympus because they are very much painted that way. Like, yes, it is very obvious that um, Core is illustrated and written in a very youthful way in that. Mm-hmm world but i feel like in linda's version they all seem youthful if that makes sense like even Mm -hmm. demeter zeus and all like and even like hera when we see her they're all illustrated in like similar physiques similar age categories like they all seem immortal if you will they all seem like they're kind of at the same level even though they are thousands of difference of years in between all of them Mm-hmm. And I feel like, like even, I mean, even Artemis, like I feel like she in her portrayal in Ponderworld seems older than the Lore Olympus versions, which mm-hmm. I feel like that probably was intentional with Lore Olympus to create that kind of impossibility, if you will, in their romance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely understand that critique for sure, but I feel like it's not really relevant in Ponderworld, if that makes sense, because I feel like mm-hmm. they all seem more of like the immortal god vibe. Right. Hopefully that's what yeah, you were awesome. meaning with that question. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, just kind of looking for your thoughts and I got them. So yeah. thank you. No, thank you. That was a really that was a really good question because I also I I did see that critique when we were reading Laura Olympus quite frequently mm-hmm. actually. Yeah, it's it's always like a critique where it's like okay I get it but I don't think it's an issue here I don't yeah I mean I think context matters a lot I sure. think for sure I mean and especially like obviously we all know that this is about like the Olympic gods like we all we all understand mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So I feel like this instance is one of those where you can be like, I didn't feel that way, but I understand why you feel that way, you know? So yeah. It could go either way. And I understand why it goes either way. Mm-hmm. I think there's a big, like, it does, I don't think it has anything to do with these two books, but I've noticed it so often. I think there's a big desire for morally paragon characters in every piece of media. I feel like we've reached a stage sometimes with, online culture where we feel like if a main character isn't the the perfect character then they are a bad person and we shouldn't root for them and there's nothing for us to learn from the story where i don't know i feel like sometimes no not saying like characters need to be doing crazy shit all the time but sometimes i think there's a purpose for a flawed protagonist especially if we look back at something like scott pilgrim where the fact that he was flawed was the point of the narrative feel like we hold we lose something from art if we hold everyone to a fictional standard but 
it's interesting. It's it's definitely an interesting debate, and I have to admit, it, I definitely see it more as a thing in Lore Olympus than I did in this. I think this just like everyone feels like adults, so I they're also gods. Very much agree. <laughs> yeah, I I'll, yeah they're also made up. So it's like the womp moment womp. You, <laughs> you have a serious conversation about, it, but then the moment you circle back to also they're gods, also they're not real. It's also like, okay, not real, made up. Got it. Mm. Speaking, uh, you want the crazy, the crazy fact about um, Bunderworld? What? Same universe as Sunstone. That makes me so happy. <laughs> I <laughs> am so excited to revisit Sunstone this month. I yeah. have made that a personal goal because I'm very blessed by having all the physical copies from my <laughs> wonderful, amazing friend, Anne. So uh, I'm definitely going to read those this month. I decided. Are you going to try to go any further? Are you going to read any Sunstone Mercy? <gasps> There's more? You didn't know there was more? Yeah. No, so no, I only he's know still what you guys them. tell me. <laughs> <laughs> he's still writing them. So the reason we know that Sunstone happens in the same universe is because in fine print, mm-hmm. um Stefan's other that. Yeah, his other horny book. Um which I'm gonna be talking about him with horny. tomorrow. You see a moment where they're in the underworld and Hades shows up to say, the fuck you two doing? Are you fucking <laughs> in my underworld? <laughs> And it's this Hades. And then later in the book, you see Allie and Lisa at a club. That's amazing. It's It's just all cohesive. Everything these two do is in the same universe. Because Allie and Lisa play... Allie plays a video game with um, Linda's Bloodstained characters. They are friends on an MM. If you read Sunstone again, you'll see them when you get to the video game sections. Oh my gosh. Oh, shit. That's going to make me really excited. Because also, I, we're reading Bloodstained relatively soon, too, I think. Hell yeah. I think we might be touching on it in my March pick. I can't decide yet. I'm I'm very excited. I, I think it's even funnier because her Hades and Persephone are basically her characters from that, but in cosplay. And Ooh. she makes a point about that in her concepts, where she's like, okay, how do I design these two? And then her Bloodstained characters are just like right, right there. And they're like, please let me dress up. Please. <laughs> I, want I want flowers in my hair. Please. Please. She's That's like, perfect. okay, fine. It's not like this comic going to be anything. And then this comic was something. So it's like, damn. <laughs> oh, what? my gosh. Yeah, that's that's the fun. But going back to Sunstone. Sunstone is still ongoing. He's still writing it. You finished the first five that volumes, awesome. and that's Allie and Lisa's arc. And then he went on to tell Allie and Alan's arc that happened before. <gasps> and yes. also you see Anne and her girlfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. Like Anne figuring out her sexuality, which is a really big thing. There's a great moment between Anne and her dad when she comes out to him as bi. And it's it's just really, really funny. <laughs> it's, it's really, really great. And he has like three more arcs planned out after that. There's going to be a trans character at some point <gasps> that I'm very excited for. Yay. We're going to get to see um, Marion come back. You know, the girl with the yes. um, black and the white hair. She's yes. going to come back as a main character at some point. So we get to see what happened to her after the oh tragic events of volume two. So it's going to be, it's going to be fun. It's okay. That's I'm why definitely I, going on an adventure this month, this month then for love yeah. month for horny month. I'm going to read all my Listen, horny books. I can't recommend his Patreon enough. It is, it's oh, wonderful. I didn't even know yeah. he had one. Look at me being mm-hmm. uneducated and shit. Linda might have one too, as far as I know, but I love Patreon. They, I used to follow them both on DeviantArt back in the day. That's how I got everything. I think they both kind of left DeviantArt with the, when the AI stuff started really springing mm-hmm. off. So, <sighs> Can I just Good old days. say with my full chest right now, fuck AR deepfake artists 
Oh, yeah. You are criminals, and I want you all found. Mm-hmm. I, I was, um, you know, everything that's been happening lately. I just pulled up a YouTube video today. It was on my recommended, and it was a, a YouTube video. It was just like Jurassic Park analog um, training training video i'm like oh this seems fun i pull it up and it just flashes to ai images of a t-rex i'm like you've got to be shitting me mm-hmm. fuck off i'm so done well no just even like the stuff i know i mentioned taylor swift earlier but just the stuff <laughs> the vile things that have been going on on twitter with her this oh, last yeah. month mm-hmm. or last week gross i hate gross. you all despicable yucko human beings it's and it's gonna keep getting worse before it gets worse. better because no one yeah. cares to do There's anything no about it. So. Yep, because it won't just be celebrities; soon. it's yep. just gonna be everyone, just anybody, so. which is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Anyway, <sighs> Hades, Persephone, no, yeah, don't Hades have to Persephone. worry about it. Love them to just be a Greek goddess. <laughs> what I would give. Oh, <laughs> I, also. I'm also dabbling with Dallas right now in Roman history, which is really fun. And okay. for those of you don't, who don't know that um, our mascot, Juno, is named Juno, my dog. Thousand percent named after Juno the goddess. So a mm-hmm. little fun fact about that because I was re-listening to the Heroes of Olympus series while I got her, which is hilarious. Damn. And also, she's partially named after the time. movie about a 17-year-old pregnant girl. But there we go. Both. Both worked. <laughs> both. 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 Both are good. Both are good. My favorite eyebrow dog. Oh, with that, somebody is there really, anything? Somebody, sorry. Oh. Somebody liked that tweet the other day about her having no eyebrows. So it like brought it I back know, up. I know. It brought it back in. And I was like, good Lord. Stop it. Was it was so funny. Stop bringing that it back up. So- it was so funny. I'm pretty sure either Evan or Dallas retweeted it too. Probably. It up in their as well. Probably. I can't wait. I'm just putting it out into the universe right now. I'm going to laugh so hard when in the future I have a child that doesn't have any eyebrows because I know that it'll come back. I know. I know that it will because my significant other is blonde. So I know for a solid fact that child's not going to have any eyebrows. And then Dallas yeah. is going to make fun of it for the rest of its life. <laughs> So, what's up, Junie? I'm gonna take a picture when I come to your wedding. I'm gonna take a picture with Junie. Oh my gosh! And I'm gonna edit out my eyebrows in the picture so we look oh! the same. Just edit out everybody's eyebrows. Yes, everyone around Junie. Oh my god. Oh my god. Edit out everyone else's eyebrows, but put eyebrows on Junie. So Junie is the <laughs> big thick eyebrows. Yeah, she's the normal one. She's. She is so like, cute. Carson's we, so offended that she's not invited to our wedding. <gasps> Gasp. Gasp. Oh, no. Knowing her, she'd probably eat the entire cake and rip my dress in one go. So. Damn. That's a talented dog. Dude, she's a criminal, actually. She, I kid you not, we sometimes, out of spite, she doesn't chew things anymore and doesn't, like, she is very well behaved unless she's mad at us. And she gets mm-hmm. mad at us if we leave the house outside of our normal routine like if we were to come home and then go out to dinner she gets so pissed to the point where she'll just destroy something and the other day i kid you not i'm reading kingdom of ash by sarah j mass right now that's a big ass book okay that that has literally 990 pages in it big Mm -hmm. ass book 
she shredded that shit like confetti at a birthday party. <gasps> oh no. And so then it was like the punishment of having to pick up 990 pages worth of confetti in my living room. And I was like, you, and she was so proud of it too. No regrets. No regrets. No whatsoever. She has that tattooed across her chest. No regrets. Uh, you want Pain. me? I can make it a little better though. You want to see what I just started? <gasps> what? <laughs> Sorry, headphones users. <laughs> Forgive me. Anne. Anne, Anne, uh, Anne. Yeah. It's not yeah. even my birthday, and that's the best birthday news I could have ever gotten in my whole world, whole life ever. You broke you it broke begins. my brain. I can't speak anymore. Help me. I can't. <gasps> I can't help you. You're going to have to help me, though, because I need pictures of these characters again, because I okay, remembered my um, You are not Wikipedia allowed to use privileges. the internet for the next okay. nine months. <laughs> I got an internet, I'm being baby. so for serious. You're not okay. allowed. So for serial, I will not so use the serious. internet. So for serious, I will... because I went into that blind, and there is a reveal after uh, book three, I think. That literally almost killed me. Literally almost put me in an early <laughs> grave. I'm not even kidding. I was like, how did I not see that coming? And it was great. So I don't want that to get spoiled for you. So you are not allowed on the internet. I'm not even going to say the, the name of that book so that nobody can text you anything about it. <laughs> not allowed. Everybody leave Anne alone for the next nine months. Thank you. Yeah. No one talked to me. And I mean that for real. Block her You're Twitter. <laughs> don't interact with her. The book is Throne of Glass, by the no! way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. Yeah, she started Throne of Glass. Woohoo! Everybody read it's that book. Great. Come to the Sarah J. Mass Corner. She releases a new one tomorrow. And then I'm going to sit down. A- after the show, I'm sitting down on my goddamn bed and trying to finish Harrow the Ninth like a fucking adult. Mm. I'm so... My my January started off strong with my mm-hmm. book reading, but then it just kind of went off a cliff. Uh, and happens. I just... I got lazy. I January is very like, depressing, so hey, I understand. I was like, hey, you know what I should do? I should play through Jedi Survivor again. <gasps> you Jedi. you only beat it seven times. <laughs> you can beat it another two. Platinum the bitch. Do it. And I'm do like, it. okay. I, I have to find all the priority shards so I can finish Doma's shop. Mm-hmm. It's the last achievement I have. I have one achievement left. And of course, it's the one we have to go around the map and find every little single piece of fucking priority. It's the stupid little it's mineral. Torture. It it is, especially when you have to play as Kyle Star War the whole time. Kyle, it's Star- wild. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you hate on that boy. Five. I might need some PS Five game suggestions. Listen, it's if you, it, it's a fun game. It's I I play it on the um, the story mode sometimes, so I feel like an actual Jedi and like, oh yeah, <laughs> I can do things. Because if you crank the difficulty up, it becomes like the Dark Souls of Star Wars. <gasps> And I'm not here for that. I'm here for a fun time, not a long time. So oh, yeah, I crank, I crank it down. I'm like, I'm the Jedi fucking master. <laughs> and him and Marin are so cute together. Marin. They're like my favorite couple in Star Wars. They're fucking adorable. Because there's Kyle Star Wars. It's Kyle Star Wars. You can make him look however you want. So you can make him look as stupid Ooh. or as handsome as you want him to look. I have him go through a little journey. Like I have him be full <laughs> scruffy. With windswept hair at the beginning, like I'm a rugged soldier who fights for the rebellion, and then Marin comes back into his life, and I have him shaved down to a short beard. Look at you, nice hair. A little romance like, novel with your yeah, I, that's what I do. Proud it's like you. he has his girlfriend's back. The the this de- sexy Gathamir witch. It's like you gotta be impressed. You gotta you gotta look nice for her. Man. You gotta do it. 
if you like witches, wait till wait. Mm-hmm. Just you wait. Just just you just wait. You wait. Just you wait. Throw in a glass. Throw in yes. a glass. Witches. Oh, Witch. sick. They've always mentioned witches that eat men. <laughs> Fuck yeah. They hunt and eat men That's for fun. So fun. Damn, I can't wait for the recipe book at the back of that. Raw. They raw dog that shit. <laughs> Men sushi. They literally drink their blood. Anyway. um. Oh, we should probably get to the questions in this book. Unless you had anything else. Dun dun! Patreon! Oh, yeah, we gotta do that. Dallas Listen is being mad at us. Listen to our Patreon! Please! Uh, and if that plea didn't work... Here is a very quick ad for what you can expect on our Patreon. If you're curious about supporting us more and all the great work we do, if you want to hear more side tangent conversations like you just did, please stay tuned and we'll tell you how to get all of them that you can possibly want. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Patreon of the Comics Collective, the weekly podcast where we read and discuss a collection of comic books or a graphic novel. I'm one of your hosts, Alexis. I'm Dallas. And I'm Anne. And we are here to talk with you today about our all new Patreon starting in January 2024. Yeah, it's going to be really, really cool. And listen, honestly, I'm going to level with all of you out there. I really need a reason to just hang in there with these two a little bit longer. So if you could please find it in your hearts to give us just a little bit extra every month, I would really, really appreciate it so, so much. I can't speak for them, but I personally would really, really appreciate it. Honestly, at this point, we either need a large sum of money or a large secret to keep us together. And I'm not ready for that kind of responsibility with a secret. Also, also, please, please, everyone, find it in the goodness of your heart to finally aid in these two teaching me how to play Dungeons and Dragons. They've been leading me on for a long ass time. And hey, we've got lots of fun perks that we're going to roll out. I mean, this year, our goal, we want to keep things nice and clean. We want to keep our episodes to a predictable amount of time so everyone knows what they're expecting from an episode of the Comics Collective. But we don't want to feel like we have to cut out all of our shenanigans. So we found a place where we're going to stick it all. Please join us on our Patreon for all the shenanigans, all the fun. Please join us. Yeah. <laughs> where we stick it all. The Patreon. God damn it, it, Dallas. But first, see, you missed this. You missed this silly, goofy time. The tiers for the Patreon are, first and foremost, at the $2 tier, early access to an ad-free version of the show. As soon as it's done editing, it's dropping on the Patreon. You don't have to wait till Wednesday mornings anymore. For $5 a month, you get early access of that ad-free show, and you also get a weekly extended after-the-credits chit-chat with Anne, Lexi, and Dallas, a closer-to-two-hour version of the show where we laugh, we joke, and we give you everything that of the classic comic books collective prior to Dallas's new tightened schedule regime. At the $8 a month tier, you will get a one-time specialized shout-out on the show and a live comic book recommendation in the show after you sign up and for the exceptionally adventurous and affluent patrons of the comics collective we have the option for a 50 dollars a month tier where you will be added to a list of potential candidates for a dungeons and dragons one-shot adventure with the comics collective 
After one month at the $50 tier, your name will be added to the list. Once the list has hit four individuals, we will run that two to three hour one shot where I will DM Lexi and Anne will play major characters and you and your friends, or perhaps you and some strangers will get to hang out with us on a discord call for an afternoon. So if any of those sound interesting to you, please go to patreon.com slash the comics collective and sign up now. So Lexi, we have some questions this week. Yay! We do. Would you like to read the first one? Of course. All right. First question. Dear collective of comics, my questions are three, are three. One, what's your favorite Greek myth? Number two, am I the only one who thought Demeter's dress kind of made her look like a bipedal watermelon? Number three, when you go to the zoo, what's the first animal you're looking for? Sincerely, Penny Green. Penny, these are some of the best questions we have ever received. Thank you so much. Um, as for one of my favorite Greek myths so far, I mean, I would be absolutely lying if I did not say Hades and Persephone, but very honorable mention for I think it's hilarious when Hephaestus catches uh, Ares and um, hell. I forgot his wife's name. Good lord. Ares and uh, what's her name? The hot one. Not Venus. Okay, that narrows it down. No, like the one who's notoriously hot. Oh, Aphrodite? Yes! Oh, good lord. I'm so ashamed. No, when (laughs) Hephaestus catches um, Aphrodite cheating on him with Ares in a giant golden net, that that goes hard. But anyway. Mm. And? Um, Let's see. My favorite Greek myths are Hades Town and Wonder (gasps) Woman Historia. Uh, Lexi, yes. when we finally read Wonder Woman History on Dallas here, it's going to... just texting me about that today. It's going to blow your mind. It is three issues of one of the best feminist tales the DC Comics has ever told. Mm-hmm. A perfect use of the Amazons with three separate artists all turning in career best performances. Like every single one of them turned in a script and said, I just served cunt. I just gave the, the best performance of my career. You will never read a better comic than this. Every single issue. Nicholas Scott, Phil Jimenez, and oh God, who was on issue two? Fuck me. I forgot. I can't believe I forgot because that issue two might honestly be my favorite. It's got like the wildest and like most heartbreaking spread of all time in issue two. It just... It really, really hits hard. I, I can't wait to go through that. It's such a good book. And everyone out there should read it. Gene Ha. Gene Ha wrote issue two. Yeah, I mean, Dallas was telling me such good things today. He was like, listen, girl, we need to go here next. Hold my hand mm-hmm. and we'll just go. I was like, okay. You're going you're gonna to love it. You're going to adore it. Yeah. Second question. So, Does her dress look like a bipedal watermelon? Yes, and yes. I think that's the point. It absolutely looks like a watermelon. And I agree. I think that's the point. Mm-hmm. She love fruit. <laughs> she love fruit. Who she doesn't? One spicy pepperhead watermelon. She's one fruity lady. I mean, <laughs> third question: When you go to the zoo, what's the first animal you're looking for? This is this is the best question we've ever this gotten. This is the best question. Listen, honorable mention: polar bears, but they're not my first. Mm-hmm. But it's a really great perk if they're there. Or a hippopotamus. Love them. Anything water adjacent. Mm-hmm. Very fun. I, I always know where I want to go first, but it's always where I, ne- I never go there first because I want to save it for last. 
What is it? It's the reptile house. Oh, I fucking no. love the reptile house so much. Scary. Oh, girl. It's the snakes I, and the bugs oh gosh, and the am. crocodiles. It's it's all the fun things. My, I got to tell you something. This yeah. just reminded me. My really, really good friend, one of my bridesmaids, just got a uh, – I might be wrong in what type of snake it is, but it's an al- – I believe an albino ball python. <gasps> Oh. Named Peaches. It's oh my kind god! Of pink. And it to... is the only snake that I've ever been interested in interacting with through the glass because it still scares the shit out of me. <laughs> but it's a very cute little guy, oh. and it loves because she something that's really fun. She um, crochets, and so she always has mm-hmm. big balls of yarn, and she loves because the snake is like little, it's a little itty bitty guy still. Yeah. It's a little baby. Mm-hmm. Um. It loves to burrow in her yarn balls. And so she'll just like put it on the big ball of yarn and it just will like go cuckoo bonk crazy through the yarn and like (laughs) slither through it all weird. And it's really funny when she sends me videos of it, but snakes are very scary to me. So I can appreciate it through a video. Uh, I want to meet Peaches. I (laughs) Peaches is very cute. Maybe I'll send you a picture because she might also not be a python, but that she looks like one. So I've I've loved snakes since I was a kid. I will always... I will never pass up an opportunity to handle a snake and try to show people that they're not anything to be afraid of. Just show them a healthy distance. Show them respect. I love animals so much. They're so mysterious. (laughs) They're so mysterious. That's why you want to break the illusion. You want to just appreciate them as another animal. It's why, honestly, I, I don't have like arachnophobia, but I never like spiders like on me. But I don't have an issue with tarantulas. And I think it's because they're big enough to feel like an actual animal to me. Where it's like, I'm like, I don't feel threatened by you. You feel like just a... good on my spine. You're like a little eight-legged gerbil. You're fine. Uh, (laughs) This is okay. Except gerbils are cute. Uh, Tarantulas also have hair. What's cute about a gerbil? It's eyes. Tarantulas have eight of them. Gerbils ain't special. Uh, (laughs) That's terrible point. I couldn't resist that. That was great. But no, the real answer, the real, (laughs) most real answer, you have to find the sea otters. That's where they're at. You got to go see them because oftentimes Mm -hmm. they'll let you pet them. So, See, whenever I go to the the Columbus Zoo, not saying I live in Columbus because that would be doxing myself. I would never do that. I'm just saying that I've been there once or twice. Um, I have a routine I go and it's just I go counterclockwise through the entire fucking zoo. that, That makes sense. It's it, it's good because it means I hit North American animals first. Mm. And listen, honestly, girl, it's whatever. Bears. I live in North America. I've seen you before. <laughs> you're like, you're nothing new, you bitches. <laughs> yeah. That's where the polar bears are, though, because they have polar bears there. They have Love a wolverine. They have a... um. Oh, it's not in that section, but they have a sun yes. bear. <gasps> Do you have a sun bear? bear? Oh, yeah. jealous. I am so... They are such odd creatures, and I really mm-hmm. like them. We They're have so red goofy. pandas there, too. I love red pandas. The Columbus Zoo is is awesome. It's the Columbus Zoo and aquarium where it's like, girl, you're not, you have a single fish tank. You are not also an aquarium. I will say. The biggest shark you have is a bonnet head. It's not, mm. it's nothing special. Our aquarium here is very cool. Mm. We, that's relatively new. Like within the last five years, I think that Mm. we got the, no, maybe more than that. Anyway, very cool aquarium. And nice. they do let you pet the sea otters there. Love that. 
We have at the Columbus Zoo, they have manatees because they have <gasps> a manatee rehabilitation and rescue program. So they get, they have manatees that come in all the time from Florida to recover from like oh, boating injuries. Accidents. Yeah. Oh, no. Their manatee tank is actually really, really cool. That's, that's, that's the awesome. fun part. I will never yeah. forget. This is really sad and also partially why I don't super support zoos most of the time. I do love the rehabilitation concept, but our zoo in Utah, it's, I believe it's come very far up on the good scale since this incident. But years ago, my friend in high school worked through an internship program at the zoo. She loved that job because she wanted to be a a marine biologist. And she was working with the polar bear that they had. um, And that, that polar bear is not still there. But the polar bear was so understimulated that it would do obsessive laps around its enclosure and would not stop until it literally passed out. It would jump and run around and swim, jump, run around and swim, jump, run around and swim until it literally wore grooves in the concrete of its enclosure because of how bored it was. And I was like, I will never forget that because those are my favorite creatures. And I remember going and seeing and watching it do that. And it was so sad because it, did not have nearly a big enough enclosure and activities mm-hmm. for it to do. And it was alone. Yeah. But now they have since rectified that problem. Good. But they had to no- send the bear elsewhere Yeah, to get rehabilitation help from it being in their rehabilitation center. There is nothing worse than a zoo that just doesn't or can't care for its animals. Yes. And I will say they did do the right thing with that situation Good. yeah it was very sad while it was happening but they were like we can't support this bear please take this bear to a good happy mm-hmm. home yeah so. and you know just out there for everyone support conservation efforts keep this planet green keep animals happy and thriving we need them they need us um be courteous we share yes. this planet with so many just other love them beings. all the time exactly and also even the creepy crawlies, because they matter uh, so much in the ecosystem. No. <laughs> Don't smash that spider. Help her outside. She's lost and scared. Then that spider should freaking pay rent for living in my couch. Thank you. She does. She gets rid of all the other bugs you really don't want. You ever does seen a house centipede before? Yes. Fuck a house centipede. We had so much. Ask Dallas about house centipedes. Ugh. But you, you, Utah, you get like real centipedes out there. You get like the big boys. Big ass ones. Yeah. Ask yeah. Dallas. Those are the creatures of his nightmares. Because he lived in our basement. <laughs> I was I was so into animals. I was like, you know, I wanted to be a biologist. I didn't see a house centipede until my freshman year of college when I saw mm-hmm. one staring me down in the fucking bathroom. Yeah. And it scared the shit Did out of me. Did it hiss at you? No, it's they just a house that. centipede. The, the fucking thing is just like, why are your back legs long, so much longer than your front legs? I don't mm-hmm. like you. I don't. Like, I thought I was staring down an alien. wrong. <laughs> It's a crazy feeling when you're like, I've been watching Animal Planet all my life. That thing isn't fucking real. (laughs) I just know, theoretically speaking, whoever was making these creatures, like, had one of those, like, spinny boards that, like, you spin it and it Mm -hmm. chooses an answer. And he had two animals left. And it said, how many legs do these animals get? Spun it. And the answer said, all of them. And the centipede got all of them and the snake got none. That was it. That's what happened. (laughs) That is how the cookie crumbled. Listen, 
I've, I've held centipedes before. I've also held millipedes. Millipedes are, are great. They're just like the cows of the bug yes. world. I they don't give a yes. shit. They're All- very tame little critters. Yep. Although if one smells like almonds, go wash your fucking hands because it just secreted some cyanide on you and you don't want any of that. Yeah, Mil- isn't life crazy in all the small ways that things... And people wonder why I don't like going outside. <laughs> uh, anyway, millipedes are great. Next question comes from Glenn. Plunder questions. Dear plunderers. Why? It's plunder world, <laughs> not plunder world. I swear to God. Do what? I said, that's funny, Glenn. It's it's punny, Glenn. Oh my gosh. Can you build a time machine for me so I can go back to New York Comic Con and buy something from Linda? Why didn't I do it? Listen, Glenn, I, I can't explain from Linda. why you do the things you do. Linda gave me so many free stickers. Yeah. Linda's great. Linda's a gem. This book is signed. Ah. My Punder World is signed. She signed so. my bloodstain and I was very happy about it. Yeah. I don't know why. I can't answer, Glenn, why you do the things you do. You're just, you're, you're our guy. And that's what matters at the end of the day. You'll do better next time. I believe in you. And also what legendary treasure, real or fake, would you like to plunder? Oh, that's why you asked that is because Uh. real or fake treasure we'd like to plunder. Okay. This is going to be a really long explanation as to why, but I recently watched the Hobbit movies for the first time and Smog's treasure cave seems really Mm -hmm. exciting. And if I could just hang out in his treasure cave with him, that would be really great. Mostly because my dog yesterday while I was cleaning or while I was folding all of the thousands of pairs of socks that my fiance wears in a week. Don't know how he wears so many in the span of seven days. um, She proceeded to make a pile of all of the freshly folded socks and sit on them like a little treasure dragon. And I was like, you look like smog in this cave sitting on this dragon treasure. And it's just a pile of socks. So in long story short, treasure in a cave. Any any cave. Nice. What treasure would I plunder? Come on, think (gasps) Indiana Jones. Um, Or Nesta's sword in A Court of Silver Flames. Thank you. Okay, that would be so sick. Ataraxia? Are you kidding? Wait till you meet Goldrin. Listen, I... It's a treasure you you can't take with you, but I've always loved the Cave of Wonders from Aladdin because everything <gasps> in there is so shiny. I would have definitely touched something. I would have gotten Ooh. eight melted. Girl, I'm Where's dead. Dead. I would have been dead so yeah. fast. I would have touched everything in there. Hence Ugh. the... I heard somebody refer to the different... Because instead of like a bookworm, I heard the concept book dragon recently. And I was like, I am. <laughs> I hoard all of the things. I hardly ever use them. I just like to look at them and sit on them. And I was like, I'm "I'm a book dragon. I'm so attacked right now. I know. I felt so called out. I was like, good Lord. What do you mean I can't just have them to have and to hold forever? Leave me alone. (laughs) Do you know my craziest book dragon story? Especially the thing about recently. I would go to book sales at the library all the time and I'd grab so many things that I'd never fucking read. Mm Mm-hmm. Although I would definitely get some books that were way above my my understanding. I got like a college level ecology book from the library when I was in like elementary school because I had really cool pictures of animals. Fair. I Learned a lot that. from it, but I had in my bedroom until maybe like, I think I gave it away to half price books in probably like 2014 or so. I had the second Stormlight book. <gasps> 
I must have gotten it when it was like a year or two old. So I had Words you of Radiance in my bedroom dragon. for at least world. 10 years. At least 10 like years I had that book. Yeah. She's a, she was hefty. They're some big mm-hmm. girls. Sometimes I, I go never... to Barnes and Noble for fun and just like touch them. Cause I'm like, I want to buy you, but I'm not going to. I want the paperbacks so much. They're so, so pretty. Like, you're so pretty. Your type is so, so small. And you have so many fun oh infographic things in there. I forgot to tell you in Dallas, this is a really sorry, uh, big long tangent. Sorry, everybody. But over Christmas, I bought like a million books for like a million people because that's my love language I've learned is buying books for people that I think they'd like. And I was in the bookstore in the wild and I heard a lady ask one of the employees, she was like, hey, like my husband really loves like, or maybe it was her son, I can't remember, like really loves Stephen King, but he's like basically read everything by Stephen King and also loves George R. R. Martin, basically read all of the Game of Thrones. Like he needs something, like needs yeah. mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. that's big to occupy his time. Can you suggest literally anything? <laughs> and the employee was like, uh, no. And I was like, hello, excuse me. Can I tell you about my Lord and Savior, Brenda Sanderson? And she was like, what? And I was like, come come here, come here. And I walked her back to the Brandon Sanderson, and I was like, pick anything. So specifically Way of Kings, probably the most, but please try this. And she was like, she bought every single one. Oh, my God. Every single one in that series for her husband for Christmas. And I was like, you're amazing. And then – then she asked me for help to pick out books for all of her kids. And I was like, I made a new best friend. And I walked her all around the bookstore and suggested all of these amazing things. And I've never been happier in my entire life. I love so, that. That's so wholesome. It was great. It was great. That's great. So somebody else is a Brandon Sandersonite because of me for Christmas. That's incredible. That's so fun. All of you listening, you should check out Way of Kings or Mistborn. Did I show you the really pretty copy of Mistborn that Dallas got me for Christmas? Yes. I've never been more jealous my entire life. Oh, my God. Speaking of Book Dragon, I just want to touch it. Beautiful fucking book. (laughs) Gorgeous. Listen, Mistborn, perfect book. Not sure how the third, not not sure about how the third book ends. Hey, Still on the ropes there. Hey, hey, I'm just saying, I know Dallas is listening. Dallas, you're you're my boy. I would never say anything to upset you, especially when you're editing this and you can make me say literally anything. It's true. She could, he could just chop that out. <laughs> just chops out all the words and rearranges things for me to say. <laughs> and has bad takes. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I That's all the questions we had this week. Lexi, Ponderworld was great. Thank you for having us read it. Yes. Um, Thanks for reading it. Yeah. It, it was great to to go back and finish it. And I'm excited for season two. I'm going to keep reading that. Mm-hmm. And on listen, I told I said I was going to finish Harrow like an adult, like a grown up today. But I might read more Lore Olympus. Mm-hmm. I'm just in a mood. Well, I mean, come on. Yeah. It is wonderful. I don't blame you. <laughs> okay, Lexi, you want to sign us out? I do, of course. Everyone, if you like our show and want to hear more from us throughout the week, please go follow our Twitter account at CMX Collective or our TikTok account at The Comics Collective. Or you can find each of us at our personal Twitter accounts at Dallas underscore comics at and comics and at Lexi Lou underscore comics. If you enjoyed the show and want to show your support, please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening and give us a five-star review and we'll read it off in the show, like always. And feel free to email us your questions or comments at literally anytime at thecomicscollective at gmail.com. Send us things. We love 
talking to you and answering those on air. Yes. Let us have a tangent about zoo animals every week. Thank you. <laughs> um, but no, really, please join us next week for our episode on Hellboy. It'll be so fun. It'll be part two of our long read for the year. Dearest friend Evan will be back. Slash fourth co-host, even though he denies it. <laughs> um, it's going to be so fun. Come listen to me be a fan of Hellboy again and let Dallas have a little pat on the head for picking a good one. But no, yep, so and They'll be back to say boys, boys, boys. Boys, boys, boys. Right after it. our girls, it's... girls, girls episode. Yeah. How rude of them. <laughs> so rude. rude. So, so rude. Okay. Well, with that, thanks, everyone. Bye. Yeah. Thanks so much. Bye.